Hey guys, welcome back. This is Total Fitness Podcast. My name is Matthew. I'm Walter. And today we have a very special guest on, a friend of ours. Uh, this is John. Uh, so John, why don't you give us a little bit of information of who you are, tell the listener what you're doing, and uh, kind of give a reason as to why we wanted you on our podcast. So hi, everyone. My name is John Canlis. I am a registered dietitian. Um, basically, uh, what I usually do is, is, is uh, in a hospital setting, uh, anyone that needs help with their nutrition, whether it's someone that is trying to lose weight all the way to someone that's trying to, um, trying, uh, trying to survive in the ICU. I help uh, with all the nutrition support. That's basically what uh, registered dietitians do in a hospital setting. Outside in a hospital setting, uh, we mainly do a lot of outpatient. So weight loss, diabetes, uh, lifestyle changes, um, and, and kind of like everything else in between, kind of like the mindset type of coaching. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Oh, that's great. How did you really get into that? So I got into uh, to, to becoming a dietitian because as a, as a kid, well, actually how I got into fitness, I, I, as a kid, I was always skinny. Um, you know, just to, just to give you a reference, my BMI or my, my, at my height, I'm about five, six. I'm, I was about 110, 120 wow. soaking wet. You know, I was, really, I, was, I was, a I was thick, you know, and I wanted to get some attention from girls and I couldn't get it. That's, at, at, you know, I was already short and I wasn't really buff or really muscular. So I decided to do something about it. You know, I got into weight training. I, I snooped around uh, bodybuilding.com websites back then when the forums were more popular now, then, and then. And since from then on, I, the, the exercise and the nutrition kind of just uh, snowballed into something more of a passion, like the exercise and the nutrition part. Um, how I got into a registered dietitian, because I wanted something steady, you know, yeah. something practical to get a job. And I figured being Filipino and being in healthcare, it's a safe bet to be, <laughs> to be a dietitian. It's like, hey, I'll never, I'll never... Um, I'll never not, I'll never, I always have a job because I was yeah. hospital, always looking for someone. And I was right, you know, jobs is not hard to find. As soon as I graduated college, I got a job before I even grad, before I passed my dietitian exam. Oh, and, wow. and, you know, and even then I wasn't really um, satisfied being in a hospital job. Because if you think about it, if you're in a hospital, you're only seeing patients for, you're, you're only seeing people for four days max. It's not really enough to to change someone's life to, to make an impact, and that's where I all started becoming more of an entrepreneur style, where I can help people outside of the hospital setting, and that's how I mm-hmm. met you. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly how we met, right? I mean, all of us want to change people's lives, and it's it's great that you bring that up because I think the the other issue that you see with a hospital setting is. Like you mentioned, you have outpatient, you have ICU patients. You're getting people usually um, at the end. At the end, unfortunately, you're not there to prevent what happened. Exactly. Um, so, do you mind going into a little bit about what you're doing now, and in terms of how you're trying to prevent disease, or you're trying to improve people's lives before it becomes a problem? So, what I do now, you know, in, in our in our uh, group program uh, with Chris and Eric, I'm I'm part of the coaching program to kind of put myself out there, learn all the kind of like the ins and outs of running a business. But the core 
of what I believe in and my philosophy is kind of like having good habits and having kind of like sustaining it and, and kind of like maintaining it for the rest of your life, which is where my nutrition coaching is born. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily based on uh, online, but soon to be, um, my, my, my aspiration is to be a brick and mortar and, a, and an online, like hustling outside social media and like a yeah. hybrid type of that. And that's years to come. And the reason why I wanted to do that is because, you know, I really want to help people before they get into the hospital. And there's so many people out there that know that need to be served and helped. And they kind of don't know how to navigate all the BS out there. I mean, I'm sure we've talked about this too. And, you know, like the, all the misconceptions out there, all the detox, all the cleanses, a lot of that stuff is a lot of crap. And, you know, it's hard for someone that's not into the fitness and nutrition world to navigate all that. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to, I'm here to help clients, you know, give them basic, really good nutrition knowledge, coach them because education and coaching are like different things, you know? Yeah. Um, giving them like a lot of accountability and support and providing them kind of like coaching them to build good habits little by little, because at the end of the day, you know, you can count macros, you can have the best meal plans, but if you can't sustain it in the long term, if you can't sustain it, if you don't, you don't know how to navigate through life without good habits, it's really, really challenging to have a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. a really important factor. I mean, uh education is great and a lot of us in the beginning of our our, uh, journey as coaches of any kind throw the information at people all the time like see (laughs) so now you can change everything because you know what it's all about yeah but education without drive or without a a plan and accountability is nothing and and i think that's just giving people a a flyer with what they should eat Mm -hmm. is not going to change the way that they eat so we need to find the ways to help them along that line. And yeah, that's what that's what dietitians do actually. That in a clinical setting, your time, you have productivity quotas in a in a in a hospital setting. You have to meet X amount of patients within X amount of hours. And if you have a lot of patients, you have to be really quick with them. And the best thing you can do is just give them a handout or talk to them within five to 10 minutes. There's no freaking way you're gonna change someone's, you're gonna change their habits in five to 10 minutes. Especially in a hospital, especially in a when they're when they're lying down, they're not feeling well, and they're in a different world. It's just, it's just, I find that really, really hard to believe. For sure. And I didn't want to accept that truth. You know, I was like, I gotta do something about this. I got. Yeah. It's it's really um. Like we're we're doing as a dietitian, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to people if I'm not if I'm uh, if I'm just giving them a piece of paper like Walter said like that's not enough you know so it's funny you bring that up especially with the habits because we had a guest on here uh, two weeks ago uh, named John and he was uh, John as well um, and he was talking about you know when you first get into the gym you know you have to be very conscious of what you're doing and then it becomes a habit and you you don't have to be as conscious with it and that's how for us you know, from the outside, it looks crazy easy because we eat well, we train well. It's just, we just do it without even really having to think. But we had to think and be very conscious of that at the start. Mm -hmm. What people don't realize is like, they understand that portion of the conscious effort. What they don't understand is for every good habit you build that you have to be conscious for that then becomes an unconscious habit. How many bad habits do you have? So if you have five to 10 minutes to try to change somebody's bad habit that they've built up over 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it's not going to happen. And 
I mean, we all see this. You go on Facebook groups on weight loss and, you know, you, you try to help people and people just want that. Where's the magic bean? Where's the magic drink? Oh, oh, I actually have to change my lifestyle slightly so I can actually achieve this goal. <laughs> uh, so it, it is, it's hard, right? Um, it, but, I want to point to that too, you know, like the, the shortcuts and this just doesn't happen in health and fitness. We see this in business too, like mm-hmm. coaching business. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen, like if you go to Instagram, Facebook or online, you have marketers out there. Even for me, they try to reach out to me, make six figures, seven figures and six, 30, 60, 90, one year, you know, all the, yeah. all the, all the BS that the health, health stuff, it just transferred to business and coaching and trying to grow your business. Mm-hmm. But the truth is it really takes, it's like a whole transformation personal. And if you're starting barely for starting from scratch, like literally zero, and you, you're, you're wanting to make 200, $300,000, that's not going to happen in one year. No, you know, I, that's bullshit. You know, sorry if I curse, but it's like, I know you're fine. Oh <laughs> you know, like, and especially as someone tried to reach out to me like six months ago, someone, she said, she said she wants to, she's going to take me to seven figures in one year. I'm like, no, no way. There is no way. Like someone trying to reach out to a person, say, I'm going to make you lose a uh, hundred pounds in, in, in seven months and on six months. It's like it's a lot of freaking weight. Unless yeah. you can, it's, it's, it's just really, you know, a lot of marketing tactics. And unfortunately our world has been so saturated that they have to say those things to kind of stand out. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because you get so much BS in that industry whether it's fitness and mark or fitness or marketing business, whatever it is. Um, and as you're saying, you have to use those tactics. People will fall for them because they've tried this and it didn't work. And it was supposed to work. Well, I've tried dieting for a day and I couldn't get it working. So I'm going to, Oh, seven figures in, in one year. Yeah. I'm definitely doing that 20 pounds in two weeks. Oh, sign me up. Cause nothing else works. Um, but this person has tons of transformation pictures. So I'm going to use that. Like, Oh, this person has tons of success stories. I'm going to use that. It's, it's BS marketing. That's all it comes down to. And right. as fitness professionals, we have to change that. Well, plus, yeah. I mean, the marketing is BS. But on the other hand, there's also the factor that if, if I'm looking, I'm looking at that, I'm going to do that. Oh, oh I'm going to do that. No, I'm, I'm going to do that. And I never stick to any one thing long enough for anything to work. Yeah. 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 You have to stick to something. And if you do, you will get results. Well, there's so this, we live in a world of. Yeah, it's very distraction oriented. I mean, I think you were telling me this, Walter, it, commercials are now being cut down even shorter to keep people's attention. Mm. So that's what we're you doing. You can fit more of them into a commercial break. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, oh, John, I think your uh, screen froze for a second there. Oh. Can you see me? Uh, there oh, we go. Perfect. Now you're good. Okay. So this kind of leads into my next question. Uh, we've uh, briefly talked about this and um, it kind of goes off of the BS in the fitness industry. And obviously as a dietitian, you understand the effects bad diet can have on the body. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a little bit of a controversial subject. Um, so in terms of something like the body positivity movement, what are your thoughts on that? And I will round that question down and make it a little bit more specific. What is your uh, thoughts on the body positivity movement in terms of the health at every size? Okay. So um, as far as body positivity, I have no problem promote someone promoting 
body positivity to 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 not quote unquote fat shame, not shame anyone, whatever their size is. That that shaming anyone at anything for anything is is just I don't think that's right, you know. Um, but but as a as an evidence based dietitian and looking at the science and constantly reading someone about something about science, the health every size and it's a movement with dietitians as well and other health coaches. It has gotten a lot of extreme um, responses in a in, in a sense that um, it's a more of a reactionary type of type of thing, if that makes sense. Like, oh, diets are like making these people go having bulimia or anorexia or any type of eating disorder. So now as a result, we have to bounce back so far extreme that the answer to that is uh, health at every size and, and, and you know, intuitive eating, you know? Right. You can't, I, it's hard for me to, to say, eat whatever feels good or health at every size for someone uh, in, in, in my clinical setting that's, that has diabetes and their kidneys are failing. Their hormones are lying to them. You know, if your BMI is 50 and you're five, or you're five foot six at 300 pounds, there's no way I can tell, I can just tell them whatever feels good. And I know that because I can't, it, it doesn't work like that. You have to educate them. You have to coach them. You have to guide them. You have to, um, kind of hold them accountable. And another thing too, for health in every side, I feel like that's a Western problem. I'm from Philippines and I can't say, tell someone in a rural area in the Philippines or in the, in, the, in, the, in the slums of Philippines to eat whatever feels good because it just yeah. doesn't work like that. If you take the health in every size concept versus an evidence-based practice concept, you take it to third world countries, which one do you think? I mean, in, in my opinion, I can bet you a lot of people's lives will transform as someone that's evidence-based. Eat, have, have good habits, eat your veggies, eat your fruits, get some physical activity versus... Um, Versus the oh do whatever you honor your body, which is which is good. But if 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 um if someone's very ill, they have kidney disease, they're on dialysis, they have diabetes, they're on can they have they have uh, uh, some gut issue. It's really hard to justify health at every side. I feel like that's more of a quote unquote Western problem. So I hope that made sense. It does. Um, I just have kind of one more question with that, and then I'll let Walter do his. Um, so this is a two-parter. BMI. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your thoughts on the BMI and the evidence behind BMI? Uh, and the second part of that question is, you're saying for people that already have those diseases, what about the diseases that could develop over time uh, because they are just eating processed foods, they're just putting on too much weight, all that sort of stuff? Okay. So the BMI is an okay tool to, to gauge your your health. Actually, uh, for Asian Americans, for Asian in general, BMI is a little skewed. Like if our, if our BMI is 23, quote 23, we're considered overweight. But in our in our in my clinical practice, if your BMI is 27 and you're and if if you're African American, that's the cutoff for for uh, for being overweight. But with that being said. As a dietitian, I just don't look at BMI by itself. I talk to the person, I look at their, their, their blood or lab values. I see their musculature, like if their BMI is 23 or 22, but they have a big old belly because they're skinny fat. Obviously, you know, I, I, I have to look at everything 
in the picture. So BMI alone is not a good indicator of your status, but it, it does provide some clues. Obviously, if I see someone has a BMI of 52, I'm like, oh crap, then I gotta make sure that that's, that's someone something to be alarmed of. But if someone has a BMI of anywhere from like 20 to 30, okay, let me start digging deeper to, um, to see what's going on with this person. And um, your second question was about... Um, um, so you're talking about health at every size in terms of the disease already, like uh, diabetes, kidney issues, gut issues. You're saying you can't necessarily promote that to that person. What about the people, for example, myself, if I decided tomorrow to start an, uh, to be health at every size, do intuitive eating um, and just eat processed foods, eat cookies all the time and just, you know, what made me feel good. And within six months, I'm weighing 300 pounds. What is your thought on that? I mean, there's parts of health at every size that are good. Like, um, um, uh, the, the, the not body shaming, the honoring your, your hunger, but, but that those, those, those feedback loops can get distorted for someone that has a mental illness. Like a like a bulimia or anorexia, and those things can get distorted. The more you, the more metabolically unhealthy you are, because your body's gonna keep lying to you, and you can't just keep saying to yourself, "Oh, I'll just feel, I'll just eat whatever's good." Because I've seen it with my clients personally, and I've seen it in a hospital setting that you just can't say someone to them that eat whatever feels good. So there's a little gray area around the health in every size. I like some concepts to it, but overall it is not an effective weight loss tactic or strategy to, to, to someone that's, that has diabetes or kidney disease. Some parts of it is good, but overall it was never meant to be a health, uh, like a weight loss strategy. It was meant for someone that has eating disorder and someone that's suffering through that. And just to open my, just to open my, my mind and to challenge my setting, I actually bought a book that's written by a dietitian about health in every size. I agreed with some parts for, for it. And if you guys have time, you should definitely read that because I know I disagree with it. A lot of it's disagree, but some parts are good. But overall, it's not a good tactic for, for trying to lose weight, in my opinion. Sure. But even just in a general health sense, though. In, in a general health sense, if you're metabolically healthy, meaning your lab values are okay, if you're normal and you're trying to, if you're normal, quote unquote normal, like um, a lot of people are, um, I, see, I have mixed feelings about that too, Matt. <laughs> some, some parts are good, some parts are not. Yeah. Because yeah. eat whatever feels good. Like right now I could go down downstairs. There's a freaking ice cream bar downstairs from this one. Whatever, what feels good to me right now, because it's hot as hell in California, I could just eat a bunch of ice cream. Yeah. I also have to have discipline and know when to stop, you know, like I can't just quote unquote honor my honor that you have to have some structure and discipline. Like that's one of, that's kind of like one of the things missing with the health at every size. I feel with, with, um, we're trying to promote health, you know, mm -hmm. some will say, well, if you take restriction, you know, you're, you're kind of like, you, or if you're, if you're counting calories or you're creating restriction, you're kind of like creating this kind of disorder or just kind of creating this uh, unhealthy relationship with food. Like I don't call it unhealthy. I call it kind of having boundaries, you know, mm. boundaries and having the discipline and having that um, um, kind of like accountability to yourself, if, yes. if that makes sense. Absolutely. It, it's interesting that you use the term boundaries because I mean, if you were talking about a toxic relationship to a person, it's okay to have those boundaries and say, okay, so much of this person or so much of 
not seeing that person at all. But because it's food, we're not supposed to have those boundaries. We're supposed to just say exactly. whatever feels good. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it, it's a matter of, okay, how active is the person? I'd rather see someone carrying a little extra body fat who's active than someone who maintains thinness by not eating, you know, they are not, and are not active. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. The whole body has to be worked all the time, all sides. And I believe Um, in physical movement and, and plenty of exercise too. So that's, that's a really good point too. I do find it interesting being a man my age that, uh, you know, and I'm seeing it more and more and more doctors now are using the pre words about warning people about what they need. So you are pre-diabetic, you are pre-cancerous, you are pre-whatever. And all it means is you should start watching what you're doing. But the words, you should start watching what you're eating and that doesn't work the way a scare tactic, you're pre-diabetic, so you better clean up your diet, does work. Um, so it's, it's a trend that, or maybe it's just my age that I'm noticing the trend, but it's something that I'm seeing changing that doctors are using that kind of terminology to get people to do what they need to do. Well, in a, in a clinical setting, if, you're, if, if for an insurance-based person, if you say those words and a doctor diagnoses it, they get reimbursed. So if as a dietitian with health insurance, if you, if you diagnose someone, if, you, if a physician says, this person has prediabetes, obesity, BMI, they get quote unquote, like a, like a, like a code for it. And those codes they can bill for. And once they bill for it, the hospital or the insurance gets money. They, they, they get money for that basically because they have to officially diagnose that and they have to officially speak to that on the okay. patient to, to, to document that. And the same thing with a dietitian. We have to say those things because if we don't, we, when we never, we go to our computer and chart and do our documentation, they can say, well, what, what did you tell them? Did you tell them that this and this? The words prediabetes, the words overweight, we have to say those words because if we don't, it was as if it was never addressed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, fair enough. So, we always like to have uh, one final question. And basically, it's very simple it's, you know, take 30 seconds to two minutes to talk about this. Uh, one piece of advice that you could give to our listeners right now, uh, what would that be? So, if I was to give one piece of advice that has been helpful for me, um, is if it's too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> you know, like if I say like, oh, do a lot of do a lot of powdered veggies to help you eat healthy. You know, like you you can just drink something and 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 be okay. Or do five minutes of of this this. Uh, I, I saw this in South Park, like the uh, shake a weight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and you'll yeah. Be, you'll be fit. Or do these waist trainers to lose your inches, like. A lot of things, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But the truth is, like you all of us know, to be to be healthy, to be active, you have to put in some work. You have to have some structure, you have to have boundaries. And if you can't do it yourself, hire someone. Hire a fitness coach, personal trainer, dietitian, because ultimately you're investing in yourself, which is why I wanted to start my business. Cause I feel like if I put myself out there and you know give a lot of value, I'm I'm in, 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 in enough time, I'll be reaching enough people to impact their lives and to make sure I change their lives for the better. So one piece of advice, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Amazing. All right, John, thank you so much. Awesome. So where, where can people find you? Where can uh, people get in contact with you? 
So they can find me on Instagram. My handle is John Canlis RD, letter R, letter D. I also have a Facebook group called Sustainably Fit and Healthy, which is my philosophy, you know, sustainably to sustain it lifetime, which is what my philosophy is. And you can also add me on, uh, on my, on Facebook, uh, just a regular ad, John Canlis. And I'm the first one there since um, there's not many John Canlis out there in the world. So. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll we'll get all those links Unique. and we'll include them in the description as well. So if you have any trouble actually finding John, just click in the link uh, below. Uh, so John, just last remarks. Is there anything you would like to put out there? Anything that you would like to promote just before we sign off? I do take uh, uh, a limited amount of spots of coaching. So if you're someone that wants to uh, learn more about nutrition, uh, trying to lose an extra 10, 15, or 20 pounds and need some accountability and some support, I'd be more than happy to talk to you, see how I can help you with. And if not, point you in the right direction who might be able, a good fit. And you can find me, you know, just message me or put it in my calendar to see if we can talk like just fit for 15 minutes, see if we're a good fit to work together. There you go, guys. Perfect. Thank you, John, so much again for being on the show. We very much appreciate it. Uh, again, the eyes is this Total Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Stay safe. Stay breezy. All right, guys, take care.